0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm online yeah <laughs> what a man what an adventure i of 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 a piece of software um uh jeez uh yeah the the software said you were not online, and so I was sitting here in the silence, waiting for you to be online, wondering why you weren't online
1: I was sitting here in moderate silence seeing that you did come online
0: just like the equivalent of walking into a room and just like making eye contact from the other side of the room and then just sitting down in a chair like is he waiting for me to come over there why is he why won't he stop looking at me why won't he come over here
1: yeah i was getting
0: really nervous mm. the uh the status uh, line on Skype says rock walker and underneath that it says you know it gives you it's supposed to give you when you were last online uh, but i'm sitting here waiting for you thinking about the phrasing and the uh, technical <laughs> reasoning behind it but it said last seen days ago <laughs> so. that's so dramatic
1: for a just a chat program.
0: I, I, I'm I'm wondering is it is is it a is it a you're right is are the is it deliberate drama? Did somebody at at the on at, at Skype Incorporated, uh, at or the you know the Skype wing in the Skype in the Skype basement at Microsoft? Did they? Is there a technical reason? Did they? that can the software only count up to one day or something like that? Cause it definitely occasionally gives you like last seen an hour ago, but like, it hasn't been that many days we recorded like under a week ago. You would think that eventually it might go to days ago if you hadn't seen someone for a really long time. Like if you, um, if you boot up animal crossing on the GameCube, uh, which I've done, <laughs> that that's sort of like a, one of the most, depressing pieces of software to boot up after a really long time because it's like a town that operates on an, on an actual calendar so your cute little cartoon animals town is will be covered in weeds and they will talk about how they haven't seen you in like a thousand days <laughs> like that self animal crossing does a better job of
1: keeping track of when i was last there than skype does yeah you would think i mean i can imagine they want to generalize it maybe after a week it says haven't been seen in a week a weeks a month a year right it's still dramatic after. though because it's yeah. tracking the number of days it's just not telling it to you straight or it
0: isn't tracking the number of days i mean this is uh this is some those Skype has been around a long time and was never a good piece of software in any sense uh except for the sense that a million podcasts rely on it. But like the actual interface has always had, uh, contained very strange decisions. Um, so maybe there's a technical reason that maybe somewhere deep within the bowels of Skype, it only counts to one day. And then after that, the, the engineers were like, right. And like, uh, we're not fixing that. (laughs) We're going to
1: have to rebuild this whole thing.
0: It's easier to append an S to the, to this. Maybe,
1: maybe they should just go with it. And make it fully dramatic, maybe headline style, like Florida man, not seen in days. Right.
0: They're just, they, yeah, it could just be, you just saw this person. You saw this person a few minutes ago, last seen days ago. You really, maybe it would save on the software side to not have to run those, obviously, very intensive calculations.
1: <laughs>
0: mm. mm.
1: I think it's lazy. I
0: I I wonder. I wonder as someone who works on software, I wonder how much of this software is just locked in. Like there's nothing they can do really without taking the whole thing apart and putting it back together again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they just got to change the way it looks occasionally. Well, uh,
0: yeah, and have it remind you of when people's birthdays are, because that's what I need Skype to do, please. Oh, I mean, is that you... what Skype does? That's oh, it really tries, interesting. It tries to be a like a like less so now, but for a while there, it was trying to be like a social network in a way that was really awkward for has, everyone
1: involved. Has <laughs> that petered off, or in general? Because everything started trying to add its own social element, or has that gone to... Well, we'll just let you link to the major social platforms now.
0: Uh, both. I mean, the, yes and yes. It has petered off. Um, the number of like, uh, i worked on a number of startups in the last, when, on my former job uh, that amounted to uh, social network four X. Like, oh, you know, we've, we need to get a social network together and it's going to do this for this kind of person. But the problem with social networks in general is that they need to, uh, grow like the whole entire purpose of a social network is like scaling. And so the reason that Facebook or, uh, Twitter ostensibly works, even in the kind of incredibly broken way they do is because they're just, they are the people that won the social network for human being game. Right. Um, but there's like, you know, at a time for a time, everyone's like, oh, it's like Instagram. But for pictures of, uh, you know, my boat or whatever, or pictures of exercise. And it's like, well, no, the problem is Instagram is already Instagram for pictures. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're like weird sub <laughs> market like social network is not going to work, even though it seems like a pretty kind, simple kind of thing to make. It's not actually, especially when they're, you know, at scale, things like that. Boring software things. Hmm. Uh, welcome to Cameron and Brock are two people, the podcast in which Cameron and Brock are two people. It's This is episode 28. We're, we're well into our second uh, or, or third season, I guess, if you're talking like quadrants of the year season. I actually have to type a season in um, to submit this to iTunes. I'm just going with season one until further notice. I feel like we'll yeah, it in season two. Would there be an end to season one? I I feel like, uh, one day, you know, maybe it's what? at a episode 100, maybe it's at the an actual year, uh,
1: maybe we I have some we sort of a cliffhanger. we should wait for something dramatic to happen. Yeah, like uh, a cliffhanger, just uh, some kind of dramatic way, and then it ends, and then we take one week off, and then the next week it's season two.
0: Right. And obviously there'll be some casting adjustments. This is really early on first season material. Like you go back and watch the first season of like the Simpsons. It looks like it was hand drawn and in, in, by a grade schooler. Like they, they clearly didn't know what they were doing yet. And it was kind of a mess. Um, so I'm not saying that you won't be here. I'm saying that uh, we have all, a lot of options on the table and we're looking okay. to so move this thing. Maybe forward.
1: I'll be Cameron next time or sure sh- sure Brock sure we, we'll we'll,
0: <laughs> we'll find a, we'll, we really like what you do here um and we think you bring something really sort of singular to the table and we'll we'll make sure that there we we will do our Singular's
1: best good right I mean that's good.
0: We're look we'll 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 look we'll um we're gonna we have a lot of people to satisfy here, and like, there's going to be a lot of decisions being made, and we're going to do our best to find you a place at that
1: table. Look, I can get a, I can start using a soundboard if you want, you know, with like wacky sounds, and it would be really cool. Maybe okay, okay. I could, uh, I can do social media. All right, let me.
0: Okay, okay. I um, can't.
1: Now take that off. <laughs> I can't do that.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna quietly write some things here in my notebook. <laughs> Alright, soundboard that's very very interesting, very interesting. Okay. Well, um we'll have you uh we'll we'll get your you uh you, you'll we'll need a self evaluation later on, um sort of some you know critique, see when areas of growth adjustments uh areas that you can okay. Great. Well wonderful. Well we're stuck here with season one until further notice, so doesn't matter. Oh, uh, okay. Well.
1: Pressure's off for now. Um <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, is this not your uh, early birthday today? It is. I thought it
0: was funny this morning uh, when uh, you were like, well, we could push it back. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to get up today because tomorrow is my birthday. I'm not getting up for a podcast tomorrow. Uh, (laughs) And then the day after that's the day after my birthday. I'm probably not getting up for a podcast then either. So it's, it's now or Thursday.
1: Yeah, I'm glad rough. we're here. Do you uh, do you feel like your birthday? You really let yourself care about yourself on your birthday. Is that what it is?
0: Sure, maybe maybe a very a less sort of uh, uh. That's a very 2018 way to put it. That I don't want to wake up early on my birthday. <laughs> I don't think that's me practicing <laughs> self care so much as it is like it's my birthday. Leave me alone. Uh, and let me sleep.
1: So you think you can just get away with more on your birthday? I that Yes. Yes. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Who's to tell me what to do on my birthday other than my job? <laughs> I'm still going to work tomorrow. <laughs> I think I might get a day off for my birthday, but I also didn't think about that until just now, so I should have probably checked earlier and actually scheduled a day off on my birthday. I'll just use it some other time. Yep, it's my birthday. I don't have any idea what I'm going to do. We did go to an arcade yesterday in the suburbs, of uh, a, a sort of a, a pinball arcade with probably twenty or thirty pinball tables.
1: Okay, um, like a proper arcade.
0: Yeah, there's man. This is one of the one of the many benefits of living in a place like Chicago. You actually kind of get used to it uh, in a way. Uh, is that if you want a thing it's probably here somewhere right like there's or there's probably a bunch of options for it no matter like you want to go find like a i don't know a greek grocery there's going to be one somewhere in the city or if you want to go find like we have h mart here which is like a gigantic japanese grocery store i don't know why i'm only talking about grocery stores but there's uh (laughs) we there are a bunch of options of pinball tables and uh, having raised a, a child and kind of a child and a half now that are really into pinball tables. Um, I've taken Archer to like the pinball expo that happened in Florida, but like we had to drive to Orlando for that, like to really get in a room with a bunch of pinball tables. Not that easy unless you live in Chicago and there's like, uh, four of them easy. The problem is a lot of the time they're bars and I can't take uh can't take a seven-year-old uh-huh. to the bar.
1: So has there been anything yet that you've thought, I wonder if Chicago, and then you didn't go because you had to travel for it or it wasn't in Chicago yet? Um,
0: I mean, you, you want to go do countrified things. Uh, you got to drive a little bit. But, I mean, we've driven a couple hours to pick apples at an apple orchard. It was very idyllic. Mm. Um, we could probably do that for some cheese. I'm considering getting up to, like, the Michigan State Fair. That seems like a probably a time. I know Med- Midwest people really like their state fairs. Um, if I can go eat some fried dough or whatever. They <laughs> really do. Or whatever. It's like fried a whatever. Thing. Yeah. No, there it's a, the mission state fair is humongous. And I also think like the Iowa state fair is really big. Um, so it, it, it would either be an amazing experience in which we experience all sorts of new things, or I would go there and it would be the equivalent of like going to just a giant temporary street fair where I park in the middle of a cornfield and walk two cornfields over to eat corn on the cob or something. Like, I, don't, I don't know what to expect. <laughs>
1: Wait. Oh, okay. You don't know what to expect. Yeah. Uh,
0: There'll be just corn, mean, but, um, the, yes, I, there will be corn. I guess I know what to expect a little bit, <laughs> but it's the, yeah, I don't know if the scale means that it would be kind of miserable, um, or not, but the rest of the city, I mean, uh, yeah, the, I'm trying to think like southern food is even represented fairly well here. I can go get a decent but not walker grade uh hot chicken sandwich if I need to.
1: Yeah, I mean.
0: Yeah. But no, there are it. some limitations. I I'm I uh I'm still a couple years in very high on this city in general and the amount of things it has to offer.
1: Is it a couple now? Yeah. Couple of years.
0: Uh, I'm I just uh this is Going, this is the third year it has begun.
1: Third?
0: Uh-huh. I mean, we just started the third year, but yeah, I've been
1: here in just over two years. Oh, ah, I get it now. All right, yeah. that makes sense. Well, congratulations Thank on you. surviving and embracing Chicago. I, I, it's like, a,
0: like an old jacket, just sliding it right on. Uh,
1: More like a jacket than a disease.
0: Wait, why would it be like a disease? I don't know. It's one of those
1: things that sort of like becomes part of you.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I haven't resigned myself to Chicago. (laughs) I'm enjoying uh, almost everything about it. The things that are typical that people say, oh, the weather. Yeah, it's cold, but the rest is really good. So it works out. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, did you have anything terribly engaging to discuss today or <laughs> I mean it's perfunctory really
0: uh, no it's uh, fun um, so I, I last week I feel like I uh, I was very I mean I'm I, I don't regret a mini of a minute of it. it it reflected my actual literal excitement on the matter um, regarding the the petting zoo and whatnot and really, the fear museum. But when I when I when I go put the podcast together, I have like you know I'm zoomed way out. I have my waveform uh, that I've recorded, uh, and then I uh, you send me your waveform, and I drop it in the file. And for a minute there, I get a very sort of um, cold, unfeeling software based uh, bit of feedback as to who was talking and when. Right. <laughs> in some weeks. Some weeks they're roughly equivalent, you know one waveform goes down, the other one goes up, and stuff. Last week was one of the weeks where it was just like, "Oh, you were talking seventy nine percent of the time, sir <laughs> <laughs> the software doesn't beat around the bush it's just like your waveform is this block, and his waveform is this line so my waveform is subtle you know, you're it's not again, this is a very quantitative sort of uh, sort of uh, Judgment on the the dynamic of the podcast it doesn't take into account the care and consideration you put forward <laughs> in every single word
1: look the museum was brilliant it, idea and yeah. i didn't go to a petting zoo so there you it's go
0: it's true i i just mean that i'm not I'm, I'm not all i'm saying is that if if you if i'm i seed the floor sir if there's something you would like to discuss here on this podcast.
1: Oh, I'm sure I could talk over you if I put my mind to it. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> uh, I didn't, let's see. Nothing amazing happened. I ran a D and D session Saturday. I know we used to do that together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um the times that you have described your d and d sessioneering uh I have been uh, i I recall you very like uh low key describing having like invented a language and stuff. <laughs> like it, it sounds like uh, this was years ago, but um I feel like you've you've always undersold your capabilities as a as a weaver of of tales in that regard.
1: Uh Well, so, I think a lot of people, I hesitate to say, nerdiness, as far as the D&D scale is concerned, is still a thing. I mean, it's almost uh just another version of a popular thing now, but... It really has come around in a big way, I feel like. Yeah, so, positives and negatives, um, as with anything, but... Generally, it's just a creative outlet. Now, you can obviously DM or you can play. So DMing being the person who's in charge of making up what's going on and guiding it. And then you can use sessions like books that tell you what's going on or you can make up your own stuff. Anyway, now that we're caught up on that. Right. Uh Yeah, I just use it as an excuse to make up stories that I don't have to write down in any kind of official format, because uh, I like ideas more than I like detailed work. Although, you're correct, I write down copious notes and create whole little scenarios that most people will not even uh, know are going on around them. But... I was trying to think that's what's great about so many different stories. So we may have talked about this before, but Tolkien is a great example of making an absurdly background world that you don't really know about necessarily, but it comes out in the storytelling, even in a zoomed-in storytelling, because it just feels like it fits together. And why it does feel that way is because it's fitting into something much bigger that you're not even aware of. Yeah. But I was trying to describe this to somebody who looked at me blankly when I asked if they had ever read Tolkien and then I asked if they had ever seen the movies and they also sheepishly tried to avoid eye contact. And <laughs> do you did so, you
0: know this person?
1: I do. You need um, oh, Okay. I, was I gonna... wasn't aware of this, uh, which is not a problem except right. that I started having a really hard time thinking of a good example of somebody who writes that way that wasn't in a fantasy setting that oh. she had probably not read as well.
0: Can you think of anything? Uh so the idea so what you're saying is something like Tolkien where he started with universe creation and then built stories into it. Um, what's funny is like there, I think that a lot of actual, so I have a book, a very good book that I have been recommending to people this is like the third time it's come up recently and I should really read it again so that I feel like I have a better handle on how high I am on it. But like, there's a book called bird by bird and it's written by Anne Lamott, um, who I have not read any of Anne Lamott's actual fiction. But it is a book that it's, uh, it's a book about writing. It's just a nonfiction book about like the process of writing. And she talks uh, at length about the idea of um, writing not like she doesn't do an outline for her story or anything like that. She has characters and she uh, understands the characters at like a motivational level. And like a, um, she understands these characters, you know, 98 percent of what she understands about the character is not in the book uh the what the book is is her uh, sort of the she describes it as like going down the highway at night with the headlights on like she's she's going down the highway and she's seeing what right comes next as the headlights reveal it um but the but when you talk about that like in fantasy novels for whatever reason are kind of like reveal all of that to you up front, like you open a fantasy novel, and often there is a damn map in the front, right? And I love a good map in the front of a book. You you always know you're in in for you're in for it if you're in a map book.
1: They um, should really be in an
0: appendix. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is they should be in more books because. In fantasy, fantasy makes such a big deal out of, and I think it's because of people like Tolkien. Fantasy makes such a big deal out of uh, the fact that the author, uh, you know, maybe there's a map in the front and a glossary in the back. If you're really serious, like you're you got a watership oh, yeah. down situation and you need to know the special bunny words that the bunnies use, um, the 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 process of creating like a fully formed character in the author's world and then that character having adventures in the actual book that you're reading or is i think common across genres it's just that um the other genres don't put all this theater into the like telling you that well yeah <laughs> you know? so you're
1: saying that in other genres it's a little more about the character's background specifically because they live in a world similar enough to our own that you don't have to create that complexity, you have to create character complexity, right? Or that's a world background itself,
0: yeah. And and like oftentimes in in fantasy, uh, you, I mean, to, again, talking like there's a map and there's there's all of these. But if you didn't know that and you just read Lord of the Rings it it holds up without you knowing any of that other stuff. It's just like reputationally I think that like fantasy novelists and, and because of people like him and how he went about it um tend to also emphasize the the thoroughness of the world creation. Well, um but they do, you're right. They have to they have to invent the rest of the world whereas if I'm reading a book about a dude you know, in Chicago, I know enough about Chicago that I, I like in that that part. The guy did not invent Chicago for the story, sure.
1: Well, it's I don't. I mean, maybe it's to everyone's benefit that Tolkien showed how it could be done. Um, but yeah. it's really hard to engineer something just on the surface. Like you keep constantly trying to like figure out why things would or how it'll fit certain things together rather than just like you were saying with the other character thing, just being like, well, it's going to fit together because this is how it works. Like, And that's exactly what I tell people who want to play D&D, especially when they're new to it, is you create a character. This is exactly what you're saying about story writing. You create a character and you have to create basic uh background motivation you can even just minor minor background if you skip right to motivations or or flaws uh traits background whatever and then they often are like trying to figure out what they would do or how to fix the situation and they're like i i don't know and they're just standing around i'm like just what you made the character what would it do Right, and like it plays itself, and then you get to like sort of go along with it. But it's not intuitive, apparently sometimes. Well, I mean, the D and D is, and I'm I occasionally am
0: in a D and D session, or we're sort of on extended hiatus. uh, But I mean, it's uh, it's collaborative storytelling, and that in a way that like I. I feel like works for so many people and like the, uh, it's all of the, all of the sort of, uh, fear around D and D and all of the stuff left over from the eighties and the, you know, social issues with D and D have kind of all finally faded away and everyone's realized that it's just a really cool way to tell a story with also some systems in it. Um, and now there's a million other RPG systems and all this other stuff, but like, yeah, to get someone to, uh, to inhabit the shoes of their character and like maybe not even like decide on all of what you're saying beforehand, but to like let the character guide them through the, the game. Um, it's definitely not, not intuitive to everybody. Um, I have a, like a half orc monk that I play and I, I wrote like a pair, like a, a page worth of his background and I, I, kind of regret reading all of that when we started the session because it's all stuff it's the rest of it right it's the other 97 percent or whatever oh and you like, read it to the group yeah yeah we all were like hey, here's my character and my character ah, is. yeah but in that's
1: the f- always the 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 thing you've got to decide is right i have the dm maybe read the background if that but then uh or maybe not um, right
0: exactly and like how close do you want to play your cards to your chest because like that that is that's what's so satisfying about like a really a a good uh fantasy universe or a good video game or anything or it doesn't even have to be a fantasy story just has to be a story um you're just thinking about it less in a you know a story that is not also set in a fantasy world but it's the feeling that there is that you are scraping the top off of something that it that is very deep right like and um it's that the the universe is that something in the universe is there because of a bunch of real reasons not because something needed to be on this page or in this scene or you know in this room
1: yeah that that's i was actually thinking that about video games recently i was trying to find one that had a good functional maybe i was looking at crafting or functional systems but I thought of that very thing where it's so much the case in video games and movies, and and I get this uneasy feeling, and then I realize it's because so few things are functional around you while you're watching or interacting with it. You realize that you're actually only interacting with, like, three things, and then they make a scene that looks like you have Thirty things to interact with, and then you realize it's just completely a facade, and you get really depressed.
0: Video games you're talking about? Specifically? Well, video
1: games. I, I think you could apply it to movies, but video games very much specifically. Yeah, the,
0: the parallel to me, or at least the one that I think we're heading down the same path here. But like with movie and with books, it's less clear. But I think it's still totally a. a th- evident like if you're reading a book and you feel like that you the character is just kind of needs to get to the next place in the story maybe it comes around because you're realizing the character's acting sort of arbitrarily or maybe they um you know it's less obvious in a movie you feel that maybe it's in the quality of the production of the scene or like in sci-fi there's there are certain things about like star wars that are very satisfying star Star wars is a terrible example of this by the way because george lucas at like did the absolute opposite of tolkien and had like (laughs) no interest at all in like the out like uh, the reason that star wars is so satisfying is because everyone around him everyone around lucas put so much time and effort into uh the having internal reasons so like Oh, now I'm going sideways a little bit, but like Star Wars. Let's call them out. Star Wars is well. Lucas had eventually really big plans about the arc of the plot and things like that, but the little details of those scenes are, and the reason that like some of the ships are so satisfying and some of the production design is so satisfying is because there were people involved that forced themselves to come up with what you're talking about, come up with the other 90%, like all of this, um, they wouldn't just put uh, something on a spaceship. They had reasons that aren't evident in the film, reasons for things to be in certain places. Um right. Whereas, like, you know, they aren't just like putting something on something because it looks cool. They're like, well... In this, you know, in the in the 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 freighter at the beginning needs escape pods, so we're going to design this thing so it looks like it has escape pods on the outside, right? Like there, that's you know, or there are a million things in those movies that are only there because the production designers arbitrarily force themselves to like take that much pride in what they're they're doing that it's something that not only has to look cool but it has to have like an in-universe reason for existing, right?
1: And I I think I admittedly obsess over the things those things more consciously um but i i can't i have i have a hard time believing it's not subconsciously evident to anyone watching uh at some level yeah i mean maybe i mean it's
0: uh, some people just aren't looking for that like i think you and i are uh, of of a similar mind in that like it's very satisfying to see just enough of the systems to feel like there are systems all the way down um the video games right. so in the world of video games it's it's there are video games who just totally punt on this but that's because they're not interested in that at all like you go play a jrpg uh like chrono trigger or like um I, every jrpg and there you walk into a room in a JRPG and nothing in the room is interactable, right? Like it's it's just a very n- beautifully rendered room. And then there's literally a sparkly dot in the corner and you go over and you hit A on the sparkly dot. And that's because that game is not about uh, systems in terms of the world building. This The, the game's about systems in terms of like the fighting like maybe there's a turn-based fighting system or whatever and it's about art and then characters and story but those things are like very separate there's no interaction between the uh the art of the room i walk in and the system of the inventory system or whatever you know like they're they're very yeah. set apart whereas like in skyrim you walk into a room and and then you can jump up on the table, which has like food and dishes and plates on it and everything. And you can run around on the table and freak out the physics system and then forks go flying against the wall and stuff like that. Because I bet if
1: you jumped up on a real dining table, forks would fly and stuff.
0: Probably not in the same wacky way that they do in Skyrim, but which sure. Which
1: is constantly <laughs> a disappointment to myself that Every time you our jump world on a real is- dining room table. <laughs> yeah. I try it occasionally just to see... You know, I set down like a bottle and then see if it just sets right down or jumps across the room. Floats
0: uh, in the air until you get close enough to it for the physics to kick in. Sometimes (laughs) I'll
1: go buy a cheese wheel just to see.
0: Let's fill a room with cheese wheels just to see what's going on.
1: Let's Um, see if this is awesome in real life.
0: uh, So there are like skyrim like those kind of games take the idea of of a you know the the gameplay system needing to be directly corresponding with the 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 physics system and the storytelling system and everything else and you know there's no real separation there um but it's it's funny like i now i'm playing no man's sky uh, as in mine which i do have written down as a thing to talk about um and it's it's funny that we're talking about the, like, filling, starting with a universe, or, or starting with a character, starting with whatever, and then, like, uh, laying the, or, like, revealing the very top of all that work to someone, like, this is what makes you know, a good D and D session. So satisfying. It's not that the, the DM reveals to you all their notes. It's that there are copious notes. And like, it's really hard to do that, right? It's hard to um, make a hundred things so that on, on, on top of them, you can actually publicly reveal one thing. Like it's much more, t- it's much more uh, Im- immediately satisfying to show someone all 100 things that you made. It's really hard to keep that, or at least for me,
1: no I agree, um, yeah it's uh you know it's a real it's an exercise in life cam is to be satisfied with what you create in itself, oh boy, you know, actually, you're right, it is tough, but when, but you realize when they start interacting with this stuff, even like the top ten percent right. they don't know uh. But it's to you. It's the same as if they were in the whole thing. Like the more they interact with it, the more you feel like they're part of it, uh, even if they don't know explicitly all the things are part of. So I yeah. mean, it works that way.
0: Well, that's and that's uh, I think the reward of approaching things in that manner. Uh, something like No Man's Sky, the as beautiful as occasions in that game are, and as Much as I am still getting less sleep than I should, staying up, building my dumb base, and things like that, there that I can't think of another game that is more obviously the opposite of what we're talking about. Um, How would you describe No Man's Sky to um, someone who hasn't played it? I have described it to a couple people, and the thing about No Man's Sky is to this day. It has one of the greatest elevator pitches of any video game, maybe the single greatest elevator pitch of any video game in terms of if I describe some uh, like Doom from 2016, the Doom remake, it's a phenomenal video game. It's very well done. It's a perfect one of those. But like the plot is like not going to appeal to everyone. Like Some people are like portals to hell. Hell yeah! Let's do this uh, shooting demons. It's the graphics are really good and the shooting's really good. And there is a part in the in the game where you cock your shotgun in time to the music, like there. You know, you are going to have a segment of the populace that are going to be like, "Okay, yeah, awesome," but a lot of people are going to say, "No, I am good. I don't want to shoot demons. I don't care if the demons are and the shooting are both ex- exquisite, um, or exquisite, 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 exquisite." Thank I you. mean, I would yeah. understand both. Okay, so. But No Man's Sky, you say, oh, it's a game where you're in, there are five quintillion planets and you can go to any of them. And you go to the planet, explore the aliens and the plants there, and upgrade your ship and build a base. And every, I, the people who I've described the game to are always immediately like fascinated. Like, even if they don't want to play, they're like, oh, okay. That sounds amazing. 5 quintillion. How many zeros is that? What's going on? <laughs> Whereas but the actual execution of that is so uh, it is elevator pitch first, other 99% second. You know what I mean? It is they did not start with they what they started with was that. They started with the premise and the uh and the basic gameplay of, like, flying onto a planet, and it, and it feels like the things that they started with are good, and almost everything else feels like they perfunctorily had right, to lay, layer to on, on systems.
1: Yeah, I agree. I do have to think, though, especially if you've ever tried to develop anything of the sort, the way that the difficulty in balancing something that creates itself. Is incredibly difficult. So, the way they do it, or the general idea, is that this program just automatically generates whole star systems for you to go to. And each star system has its own characteristics, and each planet has its own geography and types of weather. And every animal is auto generated, and every plant is to some degree, auto-generated. They have shapes and colors and stuff. But but to let the computer go at it truly randomly while not making it completely unrecognizable, yeah. when you know a little bit about how hard that would be to balance, you're amazed that it works at all. But at the same time, it is too good to be true because, like, you can't create something that really works well like that and have time to create three other games on top of it
0: right well now, that's that's what it feels like right it feels like a game, a i can i when i'm playing that game i feel like i know too much about the, what they have to make <laughs> like i, I can right. see i can see too many seams uh it could it, it's like if um It's like if you you opened a fantasy novel and there was an incredibly beautiful, detailed map in the front, and then as you're reading the story, characters are just going to every point on the map in ways that don't really make sense, and you start to realize halfway through the book that what happened is someone drew a wonderful map and they wanted to make sure that they used all the parts of the map in the story. Like... You know what I mean? Like, it it starts to feel like it's map first, like plot second or whatever. And I'm not looking for a plot, to be clear, from No Man's Sky. I think that arguably there's too much effort put into attempting to build a story into the game as it is, but it's the the rest of it. It's the fact that, like, uh, so many things about it feel janky and weird because it feels like something they slapped on after the fact because they realized that, Uh, Just going to a a zillion planets. Like eventually,
1: like that process gets old, right? Well, right. If if you're gonna say, I'm gonna give you a billion things in this game, and you want everything to feel unique, yeah, uh, it's just too much. But every every planet is unique. Then no one is.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and you start (laughs) to realize playing the game that like there's. That not only that, but like their system for probably real technical reasons, there's a lot of things that are not on any of the planets, and uh, there are no rivers, there are no real like craters there's uh, there's not really mountains,
1: there's not poles. you know that's there's- one of the yeah, I noticed a lot of that that's one of those things that I felt may have been more low effort than they gave it credit for. I mean, minecraft. Auto generates terrain reasonably yeah. good looking terrain you know uh caves waterfalls oceans stuff like that not so much in that game well here's here's the like and i'm i
0: i'm <sighs> here's my suspicion and sort of fear uh, as I played this video game it's crashed on me six times now um the things that are broken in it are very strange from a you know a software perspective like um i'm I'm trying to like keep this as high level as possible for people who have not played the game because i do not expect anyone to need context for any of this stuff but like you can get a a freighter in the game and, and you get on your giant freighter thing and you walk and all the freighters are the same on the inside just like all the space stations are the same on the inside for uh, probably for bandwidth reasons. Like this is a small team making this game. Uh, so th- you go into your freighter that's identical to the other freighters and you go to the front and you talk to your crew. Now there's three s- species in this game and uh, there's like a big warring race. There's like robot mans. And then there's like little frog people.
1: And Man, you could have saved the dev team so much time. You just laying it all out there. What What do you mean? Just straight, I mean they they're coming up with all these names and backgrounds oh, yeah. oh Just you're right it, frog it, people robot guys
0: well i i i'm I'm here for them if they need uh creative names for things um so like you get on your freighter now like different systems are like in under control of one of those three alien races here's the thing, depending on what system you're in, I don't know if you've noticed this, but depending on what system you're in uh you'll go to talk to your crew and they're going to be whatever species uh the system that you're currently in is
1: I did not notice that yet. <laughs> yeah.
0: So your your crew who is obviously auto-generated because everything in this damn game is auto-generated uh loads in according to whatever like freaking system you are in why why there's um other weird stuff like I um at one point my game crashed and I lost all my custom names for everything and my freighter's name was just the word null Um, I've talked to aliens and then they're like dialogue they fixed this bug since then, but their dialogue was just a variable name. Like it wasn't actual text. Um, what I'm saying is I worry that like the people who make this game are not all that good at making a video game. Mm. Like
1: I could see that if you had this idea. I mean, I feel that way. I have ideas, and I want them to be real, and I don't see anyone else doing them. And then I'm thinking, how poorly would I do this idea myself? And, and you're sort of weighing this, because I really do think the people who made it had that that, that passion for the idea, at least. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And it's very infectious and it's clear in the product that which part of it they had a passion for. Right. But it's also kind of clear in the product which part of it didn't occur to them until the last minute. And they're like, oh, no, we also have to do this. Or like the uh, I'm trying to think of other good examples, just like the way that certain systems layer on don't actually make sense. Or the fact that like you're discovering things, and there might be a story explanation to this eventually, but like you're discovering things that are already pretty discovered. <laughs> like you go to the systems, and there's already people on the planet. It, like they're just not.
1: Oh yeah, but you're still quote discovering it,
0: right? And and like the the reason for that is probably that the game was too lonely, and they needed to put in something. Um, but you're not, and like you're not discovering. Indigenous races. There are no indigenous races. There's just the three races. But that's probably because they didn't want to also make an alien generator, <laughs> like, or or the fact that like, um, and one of the most egregious examples of this is you fly through space, and as you're flying through space, every space in this game is filthy with asteroids. There's just asteroids everywhere. Um, and the whole it's just, thing's
1: asteroids, and it's only there so that you can. Build fuel, if you need, if you run right. out.
0: exactly. You it takes fuel to fly, to boost through space, to go fast enough to actually and get anywhere. Like, what
1: happens if you run out and you're stuck a week away from the next
0: planet? Right, because everything in this game is a like a a measurable s- system, and things things run out. That means that they have to make a game where you can never uh, not have something that you need. And so if you're if you run out of boost. No matter what, you fly around for under 10 seconds and there'll be a bunch of asteroids that just sort of like appear in front of you because that's another problem. You can't just have asteroids everywhere because it would be too much to render and you wouldn't see anything because all of space would look like you were swimming in a like a swimming pool full of marbles. Like it would uh, it'd just be everything
1: deadly. Actually.
0: Well, I mean, it's just a video game. Okay. Um, but it's got it's like uh, one problem begets another, begets another, and all of a sudden, now I'm looking at it like, well, maybe the solution would be that your spaceship shouldn't run out of fuel because all of this that had to happen because your spaceship runs out of fuel is kind of stupid. Hmm. That's
1: but a good it, point. Yeah, uh, which one is going to make it more engaging? Is the solution to the problems? going to be more distracting than saying well per planet travel you use up your fuel or whatever and that's more like in one sense it's sort of more obvious that it's just a game but in the other sense you're coming up with all these insane reasons around it so my solution is now that i'm thinking about this is that we should cease all individual game development and combine it all into just developing one game, starting with the idea, or we could even start with No Man's Sky itself, and at least the idea. And we just keep putting games into this one game. And it's just, you know, it's everything.
0: The no Ur, problems with that, right? The Ur game, no, software skills, great like that. Um, it, You know, that's what they say. You add another person to a team, and it, it adds, you know, the... The the whole is greater than the parts. That's what they like to say Um, in
1: software development. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You want as many people as 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 possible. Uh, (laughs) The uh, it's the I wish that and and this is like I'm not here to I don't have better ideas. That's you know it's a very difficult thing because they started with a universe and they're filling it in right, but they didn't start with a um a in fiction reason or, or an in fiction explanation of how your ship works. Right? Like the all of the there are no in fiction justifications for like anything in No Man's Sky. There are game system justifications and then fiction that sort of builds around it, but it's very obviously not. not right? Like there's no in universe reason like it doesn't hold up in universe that that every that space is full of infinite fuel or whatever like it it's it's way more about the fact that like they made these series of decisions where all of a sudden now they have to come up with a way to not strand you in space every five seconds
1: um and they don't want you they don't want to make a system where you spend all of your literal time calculating fuel costs and Spending an hour doing something. And they don't want
0: to give you infinite fuel because if you don't run out of things in that game, then you really do have nothing to do because it's primarily a game about not running out of things. Like, you have to go mine (laughs) things to get more things because you're running out of things. If there's no scarcity, then there's no game there.
1: Look, if you pull back far enough on anything, it feels like a rat race. (laughs) And that is actually true of people's lives too. So we don't <laughs> You're right. We don't want to constantly give people existential crises here, but like that's how people that's when people start to feel aimless and depressed is when they take too long to think what am I doing? It's the absurdity of life. It's that uh you're uh. gathering food so that you can eat so that you can gather food. <laughs> so we really need better developers so, In you can reality. Repro-
0: so that you can reproduce, so that your children can help you gather food. But then you have to feed your children, so you're going to need more food.
1: Let's be honest. God just was like, it would be cool if it weren't just me. And he's like, I'm going to make like a bunch of things. And then he's like, oh, man. You know, wha- okay, so you need what and how? And so it's just gotten out of control.
0: Of watching Planet Earth 2 with my kids... Um, it's super funny to me that they called it Planet Earth Two and not like Season Two of Planet Earth. It's like Planet Earth Two, onward to Earth Two. Behold the tentacled monstrosity that is the decapus. Like I- <laughs> <laughs> like they traveled to another. Yeah, like let's start system. over fresh with another system. Um, the the almost. N- Actually, maybe literally nothing. They never hang out with an animal and the animal is just like, this animal chills all the time. Like every animal is in a constant struggle for survival. <laughs> like Every animal is like, this is the, you know, the the caribou. No, caribou don't just like kick it in the north. They travel the longest distance of any land animal to get to other grass. Like, and it's, it's what you said. It's the like... Um, we need to like get food in order to get other food. Like so many animals, like all they do is get food so that they can continue to exist in whatever like ridiculous, uh, ecosystem they happen to exist in, in the first place. Um, there's a constant, and like you're playing this video game that is hopefully relaxing. It's weird that it's this weird, uh, this combination of like, if you zoom out far enough um, extremely existentially depressing video game where you're constantly running out of resources and you're just, uh, you're the entire time in No Man's Sky that is not landing on a planet and being like, huh, look at this planet, weird, is you're running out of something and then you need to get more of that thing in order to get more things in order to get more things. Like, it, and for some reason, that series of small tasks sort of video game is relaxing to humans (laughs) like or at least certain types of humans
1: i think so it's it's low risk it's not by by low very it's not real um i mean you're using real time to do it so you may be risking other things see see you're doing it see Uh. oh sorry okay so it's (laughs) i don't want to ruin video games for you
0: yeah for real
1: (laughs) it's low risk um you are doing what your body is telling you to do anyways, but there's no consequence and it's fantastical and it removes all of the real consequences of why we have a drive to collect and survive. But as humans, there's something more and we have this, this creation desire. And so base building where you create a place, well, maybe base building is just building a, a safe nest, you know, because you got those ranges. stability. And, yeah, yeah. You're creating stability for yourself in an environment where if you lose, there's no consequence. And so, I can see why this game might appeal to like uh, heads of
0: households. <laughs> <laughs> in a, in a, like, I, I obviously a big gaping maw here for like. Emotional fulfillment. I'm this is not that kind of video game. This is a very systems and uh resource and stability fulfillment game, but like, <laughs> yeah,
1: no, we play it into everything. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I'm
0: i here. I'm building a, a, a like finally. My my I sent I got my um uh, my frigate children, and they're going off to get me some resources to, <laughs> to help. That's me.
1: right, you've you've uh you've divided up the tasks reduced right, the corporate risk increased resources um it's oh no everything <laughs> everything is just a mask over our struggle for survival uh yeah i mean uh,
0: yeah <laughs> but I think- it's we we zoomed out way too far. Of course, it's a video game about zooming out way too far. Um, so I, I mean, on that level, it's it's appropriate. Uh, Fine. On the on the actual just like technical level, it's it's that's I guess the least interesting level. But the ways in which this game is broken feel. Like ways in which a piece of software that is not written very well would break right like it's it's got it's like uh it's it's like being in a house where you go to like look for a stud and the studs are like six feet apart and you're like what's going on in here like why when i like went to turn on the shower did the entire uh, why why did the handle wiggle, and then also like the shower head wiggled <laughs> like when I touched the handle like the the craftsmanship of the actual execution of the video game is is highly suspect in a
1: lot of ways How long would it take you to realize if you, this is, i this is my idea for some kind of this isn't really a movie, maybe like a comedic short um if you woke up and everything seemed pretty real, but how long would it take you to notice like little video game quirks to realize that you were in like a crappy version of the Matrix?
0: Oh, crappy. I sometimes like, wonder if I'm already the, in a crappy version of the <laughs>
1: Matrix. <laughs> like the pre alpha version of the Matrix. And they're like, well, this isn't going to go well, but let's put somebody in there. Right. All right.
0: Well, I mean, it. Oh, it is it at that point is it more like a Truman show situation or like unless where I'm looking for like texture pop in or like a <laughs> d- draw maybe I go outside and it's really foggy for like no reason. <laughs> yeah.
1: <you're laughs> like it's been foggy for like a week, y'all.
0: Or I go th- I try to go through a door and the, every door I go through like doesn't work for like 5 seconds because they're hiding a load time. <laughs> like, <laughs> What is There's it? A, just, it's just like locked for a while. That's a, a, one of my favorite, absolute favorite actual video game things uh, that the video games have to do is a lot of these open world games, uh, will, they, they have to hide loads behind something. Um, and so they'll have some sort of extended uh, animation. The most
1: famous of all time being... Mass Effects Elevator. That's exactly where I was
0: going. Mass Effects Elevator, where you get... And I think it's the first game where like, the space stations are full of elevators, but even your ship has an elevator, and it's got like three or four levels on your ship, and it's an insanely <laughs> these slow people elevator. people with
1: rockets <laughs> are getting in these slow-ass elevators <laughs> and just like... Looking around,
0: you're like to my quarters, and you get in the elevator, and your quarters are ostensibly like one floor above on this space station or this incredibly advanced spaceship, and the elevator takes like longer than the one at Macy's does, or something. Um Yeah, there's also
1: what game the is it? Macy's.
0: There's a game at well, it's I don't know why you know a department store elevator. Uh, there's oh, a okay. g- game. Maybe
1: they're all virtual.
0: I'm trying to think there's another game where you go through maybe it's also Mass Effect where when you land on a planet you go through like a um a scan like a like a TSA style like full body scan booth in in order to like get actually get on the planet and that's also hiding a load um like any any sort of like situation like even uh, to a degree well and they don't really hide the load in uh No Man's Sky because you will as you're landing on a planet Plants are appearing (laughs) and things like that. Uh, But there's, there's a extended landing sequence in no man's sky that probably attempts to obfuscate a little bit of that. Anyway, in real life, if, if every door stopped working immediately, I would start to suspect something for sure.
1: Okay, I'm gonna to try to think of some more real things later, so that I can freak you out a little bit more. I mean, if you
0: just start, I if you really want to throw off either the Truman Show or the Crappy Matrix, what you got to do is just start talking to strangers.
1: Ah, just yeah. randomly and see how many conversation options you get.
0: Oh, this reminds me of an anecdote. It's not related to this at all. Uh, well, I guess it could be if this was a scripted event. But we were on a we were on a train. Going downtown as you do, and um, making your way downtown. Uh, uh, yeah, um, walking fast, something, something, um, something, something. And I, uh, there was a a man on the train with a, a kind of a felt circle, um, uh, like a one foot wide felt circle. It had three, uh, like twenty ounce Coke bottle caps on it. And he was doing the old cap game, right? Like the, um, they like, ah, oh, see if you can find the marble. Uh, there's a marble under one of these caps. And he would f- shuffle them around with one hand. He's just doing it with one hand. Cause the other hand is like holding the little felt circle. And as I'm watching, it was a very full train. Um, and as I'm watching, he has, he has a bunch, he's, a he, he's doing it. He has, uh, he's like anybody, anybody, what's the, wh- you know, where, where's the marble? And someone, uh, uh, across from him points to one of the caps and he lifts it up and, and it's there, and that person guessed, and he's like, All right, if you can do it again, you win 20 bucks. Put 20 bucks in, you get 40 bucks out. And so the other guy's like, oh, Okay. And he hands him $20, and then he does his little cap game, and the guy guesses it again, and that guy pockets $40. And then like he's like, Anybody else? Can we up the stakes here? Anybody else? And he, and he flips it around for a little while, and some guy goes to guess, and I think he gets it wrong, but he's like, Look, I'll give it to you like $100. He was like, Put down $100. You you win two hundred, and the guy pulls out a hundred dollars and hands it to him. What? And 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 the guy does the thing, uh, guesses correctly, pockets two hundred dollars. And at this point, I'm like motioning the channel. I'm like, this guy, this guy's getting wrecked on this train. <laughs> like, what are we, <laughs> what are we seeing here? And uh, so, then a third guy, an unru- of like not those first two guys, a third guy. Um, who has been observing all of this? He he decides that this guy's an easy mark, and he and he. Uh, long story short, about thirty seconds later, he's he's out forty dollars. And what Shannon and I realized,
1: there was no first two contestants.
0: Exactly, you got to get on the train with your ringers, and you you set yourself up to look bad. You got two marks up there. Making you look like you don't know what you're doing, and then you fleece a guy out of forty bucks, and then you piece out of the train, which is exactly what they did. Forty dollars am- later,
1: I'm <laughs> amazed that it worked. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I know, but like, and there was a, a number of elderly black gentlemen who pulled this off, and it seemed like something they just do on their way to somewhere, right? <laughs> like if you got, <laughs> they,
1: they have normal jobs. They're just like, hey, we got some time.
0: Yeah, we're like you know they're just on their way the, from the north side to the south side, and they could show up at the south side forty dollars richer because some sucker. I respect that. And the uh, the other guy on the train was like a, um, he was he was probably a twenty two year old white dude, and like he he just fell for the whole thing hook, line, and sinker was, and then I all three of the guys all got off this train at the same time. You know,
1: <laughs> like <laughs> no shame. they're yeah. not even trying to hide it. No, they're like, thank you, kind sir.
0: Yeah. And I'm out.
1: So like. uh, (laughs) And then they stood at the subway door for approximately five seconds before leaving.
0: Oh, yeah. No, the the whole subway, uh, the lights turned off as we got to the um, stop. (laughs) And then there was just like no sound at all for a second. And then the lights came back on and they left. Um, I'm sure it's fine, though. Oh, also, the subway was completely empty now that I think about it. (laughs) Um, And then when the first two people that walked in were both wearing the same clothes. But I'm I'm sure everything's fine.